Hi everybody and welcome back. This is episode 9 of series 6 and I think it was, now somebody can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think it was Ralph Waldo Emerson who once said that to be yourself in a world that is constantly trying to make you something else is the greatest accomplishment. To live authentically is a learning process, just like everything else is that we have to learn. It begins with a reflection in order to pause so that we can actually become self-aware about who we are. Once we find this, we can begin to show up as our authentic self in places that maybe in the past have been fought with fear, danger, anger and sadness or any other negative emotion. But before I go into it, here's a little something for you. Watching everyone walk by me, noses to the glass. No one takes the time to say hello. When the day is over and all the lights go out, I bathe in the shadows from the flickering of the moon. Sometimes I wonder what it would be. Sometimes I wonder what it would be like If I used these tasks to break free I think I've lost my 
So let's carry on a little bit. If we live in a way that is important to us, with our values and our paying attention to our goals, this actually will lead on to self-reflection. And it'll be very helpful on our journey because we will become energised and grounded. We will be the truest form of ourself. Isn't it funny when this subject was suggested to me during the week, I was a little taken aback. Why? Well, because I was thinking to myself, well, it's not something that I do often, and usually only as part of a workshop or a group situation. But I decided to look into it in a bigger way and see where it would lead me. And here's what I discovered. And no, I haven't forgotten to tell you what the subject is about. I deliberately didn't say it. But it's about role play. This is something I use with groups. Sometimes I will use it with individuals, but generally speaking, I use it in groups. Because it can be great fun and it can be a very deep journey for people. And if it's a deep process I'm doing with somebody, I have to ensure that, you know, it is a controlled environment. So I decided to go a little bit further. And I suddenly realised we actually role play every single day. Did you realise that? We role play to so many different people that I actually lost count as to how many roles I was playing during the rest of the week while I researched this. This really got me thinking about, oh my God, how often do we really know we are role-playing? And in what circumstances do we do it? What I did discover is that it's very similar to when we talk about wearing a different mask for different people throughout the day. I'm not the same person with one person that I am with somebody else. I have a different mask that I wear when I meet a client to someone I meet that is maybe a family member. And again, it would be different with the person at the checkout counter in Tesco's. So then my ABC really got hooked. And as most of you know, my ABC is always be curious. Well, if I can change my mask for different people, do I change my role in the same way? And if I do, how does it affect me? Here's what I have learned after spending the last week studying it from a very practical point of view. Ah, the things I do for my listeners. But it was fun and very, very enlightening. So, okay, we know the benefits of role-playing when we were children. We would role-play being, you know, a doctor, an astronaut, a vet, a policeman, you know, a Jedi, a princess, a king, a fireman, all of these things. And we know how good this is for encouraging our creative side and how it can help us when learning to cope with situations that that maybe that are a little bit hard to deal with, especially when we are young children. And I'm not going to go into the reasons why we do it as children, especially if there's trauma or anything like that, because that's a wider, uh, wider subject and not for today. But just to put you on your guard, if you're looking at this from your own perspective and you want to find out why you role play, Um, some things may come up for you and I would suggest that you bring that to therapy or to somebody that can help you to deal with whatever comes up for you. When we get older, we talk about the masks we wear with different people. I would ask you to question when you wear a mask with people that isn't your authentic self, are you behaving or are your actions in line with the mask you're wearing? If so, then you are playing a role. And it's no longer just a mask 
because it includes your behaviour. So now it's your whole person. So if I'm sad or angry, but I'm with people who I don't want to show these, then I will look happy or calm. However, I will go further than that and I'll behave like I'm happy by giggling or laughing or when I need to be extra calm and pretend everything is as it should be and nothing gets to me. Now, that is role-playing. It's not just a mask you're wearing anymore. It's not just putting a smile on your face. Your whole being is part of this. That's when it becomes role-play. That's when you leave your authentic self somewhere in the background. And if you do that long enough, you forget who your authentic self is. The idea of role-play, certainly in social circles, is about the person's as-if behaviour. This as-if behaviour involves pretense. We pretend to be somebody or something we don't feel at that moment, and for different reasons. For example, I will pretend to know more than I do because I might be in the company of people I look up to or perceive as being smarter than me, and I don't want to look like a dick with them. Now, of course, this begs the question as to why I feel unable to be my authentic self with people around me. Well, here are some of the reasons why you might feel this way. Number one, control. Maybe people are trying to control how you think or feel or even behave. In other words, you may feel that your life isn't your own. Maybe you're trying to live your life by somebody else's rules or values or belief system and not your own. Are you role-playing to protect your vulnerable side? Or are you afraid to stand up because you're afraid of how people will react to your disagreeing with them? Number two, people might be critical towards you. If you perceive people as constantly criticising you in either your behaviour or your words or even both, then this is going to leave you feeling less than what you are. It may make you feel worthless, undervalued or even unloved. No matter what you say or do around them is never right. That's when you're going to role play the submissive person. And we usually do that because we fear more criticism. This is going to lead us on to limiting our own belief in ourselves. And if we limit our belief in ourselves, it's not about other people. It's about self-identity and how we see ourselves. And we formed this from our direct and past experiences. We put a conclusion on it, which is going to be limited. Number three, we can't do or say anything right. Now, this one will relate to the podcast I did on toxic relationships, where whenever we express our true feelings or inner thoughts, we may feel like we have to walk around on eggshells especially around those who we care about or love from family or partners because we're scared of the backlash we may encounter. We can see an awful lot of this in domestic violence situations. Number four, when people are dismissive of our true feelings. If you go to great lengths to express your inner thoughts or emotions and then you're dismissed because the other person or group are more interested in their own thoughts or emotions, then your self-esteem will take a hit. This will lead you to resent them and ultimately you may take on yet another role, depending on how authentic you are. Number five, what about drained energy? Now, I'm not talking here about other people draining your energy, although that is another way. 
But no, I'm talking here about you draining your own energy because you're worried about how others are seeing you or what they think about you. You drain your own energy when you're spending so much time on wondering what everybody else is thinking. Number six, when you have to be in the presence of people you don't want to be in. Now, a lot of the times this will be more work-related, but it can happen that it would be around family events that you can't get out of. These thoughts will have a negative transfer within you. And if you know you have to be with somebody you would rather not be connected to, then your thoughts are already there before you are even physically present with them. Number seven, when you feel the need to look after somebody or care for somebody. Ah, the needy individual. We've met many of them. How many of us feel the need to rescue someone, even when we don't want to? Kind of says an awful lot, doesn't it? So, let's step back a little bit. After all that, I have to point out that being your authentic self is much easier said than actually done. It can and will be challenging. But in the end, it is truly worth every minute of it. So let me ask you to take a few minutes and ask yourself this question. What does authenticity look like to you in your life? Does it mean being trustworthy, honest, just, blah, 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 all of that? If someone says to you, I want you to bring your authentic self to this relationship, what would it look like to you? Remember, we will inhabit multiple roles in our lifetime, like being a child, a sister, brother, student, mentor, friend, partner, parent, employee, boss, artist, and even dreamer. I'm sure you can come up with a few more in your own life. We can be in the role of the nag, the serious, the fun, the spontaneous, the party planner, and many, many more. Some of these roles we will choose for ourselves because of our own understanding and belief within ourselves and about ourselves. However, here's the thing. Many of these roles are chosen for us, are ones that we have unconsciously taken on because it is what we think we are supposed to be or what we are supposed to do. Or maybe that we don't know any other way of being. For example, if you are married, why did you get married? Was it because you actually sat down with your partner and thought about how you want to go forward and shape that marriage? Or did you get married because you deeply love that other person and that you value the institution of that said marriage? Or did you get married because you thought that that was what people do when they've been together for a long period of time? I personally believe that most of us fall into roles unconsciously, simply rehashing the way we've seen it done be that negative or positive, of course, in our own past experiences, especially from those around us who have had a significant role in our lives. However, at some point we will grow tired of playing that role, and a role that doesn't show our authentic side. And this is when we become resentful or angry or unhappy. So although it would take some practice and patience and a lot of persistence, we can shape a role that leads to a greater authentic self being shown. And now I, I hear this question coming up. How can I develop an authentic self? Seriously? You're asking me? The one who's still learning? <clears throat> okay, here's what I've learned so far. There are some ways that you can develop your authenticity. Remember, I'm not God, so you have to make these your own. But this is what I've discovered that have worked for me. Certainly more of some, less than others, and so on and so forth. You have to make it your own. Number one, learn to identify 
characterize and embrace your strengths. Number two, explore your values. Number three, acknowledge internal and external influences. Four, build up your social support system. Five, face your fears. Six, do daily tasks to ensure that you work towards authenticity. Now remember, to make these happen, you have to have courage. I suggest that you look up Brené Brown on the tube. I mean, on the YouTube. Um, and it's I can't I can't remember. It's it's where she speaks about courage and vulnerability. So how to maintain authenticity once you actually got your finger on it? Once you start learning what that is, requires these. Be impeccable with your word is the number one. It is vital that you follow through with what you have agreed in order to generate a sense of trust. Number two, don't take anything personally. Now this speaks for itself really. Not everything is directed at you, especially if it's negative, because it says more about the person who is saying it than it does about you. But your response is and will be you. Number three, know and accept that you can't please everyone all the time. Now, this really goes with the previous point. We must accept that not everybody will be happy and delighted when they're around us. Number four, learn to say no. If you always say yes, then you are seeking not to rock the boat, even if you think it should be. You may not be seen as a team player if you don't agree with the boss or your family. Number five, identify and keep your boundaries. Again, this goes with the previous point, learn to say no. If you have not been setting healthy boundaries, this will be a very uncomfortable beginning, but inevitably will be freeing. Number six, always do your best. As with any aspect of our humanness, things will change in our lives. Work will get even busier or a family member will get sick, or even yourself, you may have health issues. Everyday stuff like uh, the dishwasher not working, and you'll have an unexpected expense. However, living authentically doesn't mean these things will go away, or that life will become wonderfully perfect. But it will mean, though, that you will be clearer on what your priorities are, and you will have a much greater sense of energy and clarity for what is important in your life. You will lose, or at least lessen, the self-doubt about who you are trying to be in the world around you. I hope this has given you a starting point for our ABC. And again, a reminder, ABC, always be curious, but without judgment. Stay well, stay safe, namaste.
Nein.